The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, everybody, to The Second Stage. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. Jeff, it's been a week already. Can you believe that? I can't. Time flies when you're having fun. It's always fun. It's always fun. So uh, I was uh, been thinking a little bit about that uh, health care reform, the Affordable Care Act. It's uh, it's been keeping me awake at night. How about you? <laughs> it, well, it keeps all small business owners kind of on edge because of the lack of of clarity out there uh, in terms of. You know where this thing is going, and I think that there's a lot of, as we discussed on the last show, there's a lot of noise there because you have the detractors in one party, you know, saying things are off the rails and not going well, and so on and so forth, and then you have the proponents on another party they're saying everything's working exactly as we said it was going to, and um, everything's great and ahead of plan, and so on and so forth, and I think that uh, for the small business owner. You know, they really just are uncertain about uh, who's telling the truth and what the ramifications are for their business. And we know small business owners are a very resilient bunch uh, if they know what the uh, what the rules are. And I think the rules um, are still not sure, and it's got to work itself through the um, the court to the courts, right? I like it. I, uh, I was I was happy to we, – we did get a copy of the uh, Oswald um, checklist, their, uh, their um, Affordable Health Care – Affordable Care Act uh, checklist. And I think it's actually was, – has been very helpful and it obviously uh, in hindsight probably should have had it during last week's um, uh, uh, session. And uh, But it's, it's – for those people that, um, that want to get a copy of this and have more interest in the Affordable Care Act – you know, please go to our website www.evolutioncp.com, and it, it really, it's, it's, as you can see, Jeff, um, it's it's actually very helpful. Um, and um, the uh, you know, in the sense of you know, kind of deciding if your company is a large company, you know, has it got more than a hundred employees, and if if it does, what has to happen? If it's got you know more than fifty employees and so forth, so it's a you know, it's it's a it's it's uh, it's long, longer than I was thinking it was going to be. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And you know what what Brennan is referring to is uh, our guest last week um, uh, was Rob Edmonds and Andrea Esselstein from Oswald Companies. You can find them at www.oswaldcompanies.com. And we did a show on the Affordable Care Act. And one of the things that Andrea and Rob talked about was a checklist that they use for their clients to help them uh, – 
really make decisions with respect to uh, their their plans for the future, and uh, they were kind enough to forward along this checklist. Uh, and as Brendan pointed out, we probably should have had it during the show, but we will have it on our website at www.evolutioncp.com, and you are able to go to our website and uh, pull it down and, and use it. And certainly, if you're looking for additional guidance, we'd suggest uh, you contacting Rob Edmonds and Andrea Esselstein uh, directly, again, at www.oswaldcompanies.com. Um, we use them and have been very pleased with, with our relationship. And that is the second time we've had him on the show, and I suspect we'll have him on another time uh, before all is said and done, uh, given uh, all of the uh, uh, turmoil. That's probably a fair word, but it's certainly uncertainty around, uh, uh, around the program. Uh, as always, I do want to uh, remind everybody that this is a forum and we'd like people to call in and participate in the uh, key discussions that we're having here. And you can do that by uh, uh, writing comments or questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. And uh, you can also uh, email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Um, you know, this week's show, Brendan, is, is also something that, that I think is, is uh, relatively new and not not well known uh but something that we should thought we should bring to people's attention which is this uh, conscious capitalism um and we've got a guest on uh the show today named bill vogelgesang and uh bill is uh the ceo and co-founder of candlewood partners which is an investment banking company addressing the capital formation needs of the middle market and South Franklin Street Partners, uh, its private equity affiliate. Uh, Bill works with companies to help build long-term value as they pursue their own vision for success. Having experienced the strength of a stakeholder-focused business model, he has been active with employee-owned businesses and is a frequent speaker on the subject of ESOPs and employee ownership. And prior to uh, Candlewood and South Franklin Street Partners, he was uh, a managing director and principal of uh, Brown Gibbons Langing Company, a middle market investment banking firm in, with offices in Chicago and Cleveland. Uh, interestingly, though, uh, and why Bill is on the show, other than he is a uh, uh, highly regarded professional uh, uh, in his area of expertise, uh, he started a practice area within Candlewood focused on purpose-driven or impact companies those businesses that exist to provide social as well as financial returns to their stakeholders. Sometimes known as conscious companies, these companies are identified by a strong culture focused on benefiting all stakeholders and have heightened concerns about maintaining that culture when raising capital or looking for a merger partner. So this is something that Bill has been focused on uh, for, um, he says 2013. I think I was talking to him before then, but certainly since 2013, uh, we've been talking to him about his conscious capitalism. And, and it's certainly something that we feel here at Evolution with regard to how we operate our own organization. Well, I, I think that the proof's in the pudding the, 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 in the sense that the performance, um, the actual financial performance to some of the, the companies that are that are looking beyond the numbers is actually higher than the ones that are not. And it actually, you know, it really does, you know, line up perfectly with what 
what we talk about, Jeff, is having core values and establishing something that's that's bigger. And you know, we had uh, Bo Burlingham of Small Giants, and you know, they are they're big proponents of conscious capital. Um, and and you know, they they're you know, if there's other groups out there, you know, that uh, that uh, that have been working with uh, this concept, and it's really been it, it makes sense. It's it's the thing that kind of uh, keeps people wanting to stay with your organization instead of, uh, you know, just jumping for a higher dollar. And, uh, you know, people want to be part of something that's bigger than, than just going to work. It's uh, pretty nice. Pretty exciting. But, yeah. I love when the data supports our conclusions, Jeff. I love, I love good data. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll, we'll share some of that data here in the next segment. Um, but, you know, Brent, this does fall into, you know, the evolutionary operating process where, you know, we do talk about core values and, and that core values are a big part of creating alignment within your organization. If you have alignment within your organization, you have like-minded people and you can move a lot faster uh, when you have all of that under one roof. Alignment, alignment, alignment. I like it. It's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Um no, but I mean, Jeff. I mean, you think about really when you, when you when you're when you're running a manager of a, of a fast growing business. It's it's just if if you can keep people aligned, if you can keep people staying focused on the important thing, uh, important pieces, and, and and have it mean more to them than just collecting a paycheck. It it uh, it it just it just lasts longer. It keeps people focused. It keeps people excited about stuff. So it uh, makes sense to me. Yeah, and, and, uh, Jeff's and actually signaling now. Go ahead. Um, you know, I, I I think this conscious capitalism though is is more than a recent trend. I think it's been around for a long, 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 long time, but uh, it's probably only more recently got a name associated with it. And I think that if you were to go back and look at, you know, I think some of the examples that we're going to talk about today are. You know, Sam's Club slash, you know, Costco and um, I think some of the other ones that we were going to talk about are like Whole Foods and such. I mean, these businesses have been around for a while and these businesses, I think we're going to find out when we talk to Bill, you know, have had success because, you know, they they have been doing this for a long time. They probably weren't calling it conscious capitalism, you know, when these businesses got found a long time ago. Well, I think what's what's you know, again, go back to I think the concept uh, of, of of you know making you know of, of you know what some of these people have been successful in doing, making something bigger than the profit. Uh, you know, a driving force in the business seemed to be you know seemed to not make sense to a lot of people, and I think that the that um, that what we're finding out is that profit is you know making money and reinvesting in the business is a core piece of. Of you know the conscious capital movement, um, be, because obviously, uh, and, and so I, I think that most people going back through the years just kind of assumed that if you were focused on something bigger than profit, the profits wouldn't happen. And I think that what's so neat is you know I think that as Bill will talk about that 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 those, that those companies have actually outperformed to a to a huge percentage the companies that didn't have that focus. So. I mean, it, it really is, uh, you know, it's kind of having your cake and eating it too, which uh, is all good stuff. It's like kind of having your Red Bull and your vodka, not just your Red Bull. Oh, <laughs> or your vodka. Right. Um, 
and and in some separate show, we'll talk about whether or not you prefer just Red Bull or just vodka. If you could only have one, which one would it be? But we'll save that for the next show. That's hard. That's a hard one. <laughs> I know. I know. Have, and I didn't want to. We may have to put a put a poll on our uh, on our website to see, get the because I don't think you and I are ever going to come to a conclusion there. So yeah, I know. We would just keep sipping each one right. and just trying to figure right. out which one we like better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. No. All right. So. So um, getting back to this, and again, I, I want to, of course, continuously highlight you know, evolution here and be self-promoting. Um, we have our own mission, though, right, which is, uh, which is certainly falls into the conscious capitalist, capitalism mantra, which is we want to create life-changing events for small business owners, their employees, and communities which they operate. And if we do that, the returns will, will be terrific. Um, and that certainly is something that we've lived by for a long time and, um, it is, uh, working very, very well for us because that's our focus is on creating that life changing event. It's not on the returns and the returns is a byproduct of all the other stuff that we do. And I think that's what's so great about this, this movement is, is it not only, um, you know, is it something that makes you feel good and gets you up in the morning? But it also is something that's sustainable. And you know, you think about a lot of the programs that that uh, the government puts on, or that the uh, that are just not sustainable over the long haul because the money gets wasted, the, or the resources and all get wasted, people's time, the money, and so forth. And I think what's neat about this is, uh, you know, when it works, when when you build something bigger than than yourself and bigger than the company, uh, it 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 provides. Wonderful return, so that um, that people can then reinvest in other things and and continue the, you know, the great thing about most of our the companies and entrepreneurs we back is those businesses continue to exist long after you and I have an uh, you know an ownership piece in those, and that's what's that's what's especially rewarding. Yeah, and and certainly as you pointed out, or I thought you were going to continue on with the topic of building something that's bigger than yourself. You have to have. Um, you, you know, something other than economics driving or causing people to be drawn to, you know, what you're, what you're doing. But we'll talk about that more when we get our guest Bill Vogelsong of Candlewood Partners on the line. Um, I do, as always, want to thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP, a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. And with that, we are going to take a quick break on uh, the first segment here on the second stage. And when we get back, we'll be with our, our guest, Bill Vogelsong of Candlewood Partners, and they can be found at candlewoodpartners.com. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. 
It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Like any forum, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com. You can email us at thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Uh, we have our guest, Bill Vogelsong, on the line with us, the CEO and co-founder of Candlewood Partners. Welcome to the show, Bill. Yes, thank you. Uh, I have known Bill since I think on. Uh, I don't know if I can say the name of the deal. It's online. a long time. <laughs> it's <laughs> let's say it's in the nineties uh, was when yeah. we first started working together, and uh, uh, you you've accomplished so many things uh, in in your your. I, I was going to say long uh, professional career, but I certainly don't want to date you, Bill. But the point it, is, it is. This is you, you, you've had a lot of success, and you've been doing this for a long time. And, and now, uh, you know, since 2013, you've turned your attention towards this, you know, conscious companies. And I just, I'm kind of curious with why. I mean, everything you were doing was very successful. Why kind of change now? Yeah, that's interesting. I sort of had my own road to Damascus experience. Um, actually, it was Easter of 2009. I was uh, in Boston for a family baptism and uh, stumbled onto an article written by John Mackey, um, who really is one of the founders of the Conscious Capitalism Movement, and he described um, how, you know, people are really not motivated by money. They are motivated by pursuing some um, higher purpose, some uh, thing that provides benefit to society, and that that's truly what uh, uh, motivates all of us. And if you can capture that um, spirit, um, you know, you get a much higher level of engagement, and that engagement manifests itself in better execution and all the business metrics that we all strive to um, see uh, obtained in our businesses just sort of fall out of that. And so I really felt like the shingles fell from my eyes and I was onto something and uh, sort of said, I'm going to figure out how to, how to boil this into what I do. And uh, so we 
fumbled around for a number of years trying to figure that out. Um, but um, it's fun. I've never really been more excited uh, um, about what I'm doing professionally. So, well, it, go, go ahead. ahead. No, please. I was going to Please. say you, you shared some information with us, and you know, uh, you know, one of the things that might come to somebody's mind is, well, you know, uh, other than what uh, you know they're they're doing at some of these other organizations that have had had success, like John Mackey at Whole Foods, you know, why, you know, what's what's the um, tangible results of something like this? And you shared a uh, a, uh, a chart with us, the top forty best companies to work for in the United States of America. And uh, it shows that uh, compared to the S&P 500, their annualized returns are four times better uh, than the annualized returns of the S&P 500 over the last 10 years. Uh, I'd say that was a pretty darn good and tangible reason why you want to uh, uh, work for, uh, why you want to be a part of this movement, why, why it matters. Right. You know, being a, a corporate finance guy, um, you know, I, I may want to do good in the world, but when you're presented with the facts of how these companies outperform um, the market, it, it really causes you to sort of uh, try to figure out why. And, uh, you know, that um, uh, this whole initiative um, kind of had its origins with uh, a professor named Raj Sisodia, who is now a, a marketing professor at Babson. And about 10 years ago, he and a number of other people were trying to figure out why some companies um, have uh, much higher customer engagement scores than do others. You know, uh, so he was looking at why do people love Costco and are sort of ho-hum about Sam's food. And why do people love their Hondas and their BMWs? Or if you're like me, you know, you're driven crazy by the squeak and the dash of my Buick Enclave. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it's a host of things, you know. Why do um, uh, people from every walk of life uh, uh, wait six months and pay $40,000 to buy a Harley when they could buy another um, uh, another motorcycle for a lot less? So. Um, what what he found um, was was fascinating, uh, and that is that that these companies all had a number of of sort of um, uh, characteristics to them, and uh, he published that those findings in a book called Firms of Endearment, which you can also find in its sequel, uh, Conscious Capitalism: Liberating the Heroic Spirit of Business which was um, co-written by uh, Raj as well as John Mackey of Whole Foods. And um, sort of at a high level, what they found is that people liked working for these companies. They were highly engaged in their work. They found that suppliers liked doing business with these entities, that they felt treated as partners, not adversaries. Uh, Communities in which the businesses were housed generally liked these companies, they were engaged in the community. Uh, the community, these companies had a, a sense of their place in the world. You know, they, they were um, more proactive in um, monitoring and managing their impact on the environment. Um, and, and as you guys mentioned earlier, um, you know, 
probably the most uh, interesting thing to me was that these 18 companies, 18 public companies that they studied, uh, firms like uh, Southwest and Honda and Toyota and uh, Amazon uh, and others, uh, outperformed the S&P by tenfold over a 15-year period of time. So, uh, you know, that was just hard for me to... Um, um, uh, to ignore. Uh, they also found that, uh, which I think is kind of the key, is that these companies tend to have a stated purpose for their existence, that they are grounded in some larger societal um, purpose. It's what John Mackey calls a great purpose, and uh, they tend to, um, you know, address some social need. Like at Whole Foods, they talk about whole body, whole planet. And uh, in their world, that you know, to them, that means they're trying to lead their customers towards healthier um, eating habits. Uh, and they're also trying to manage the supply chain to do the most good or the least harm. So they've, you know, um, invested in, in, in trying to have a sustainable coffee um, supply chain where the families that are harvesting the coffee can actually make a living. Um, but that higher purpose, I think, is really the crux of this. Um, uh, we all want to be a part of something, and if we feel we're a part of that, um, it's, it's extremely motivating. You know, what is a job almost becomes a calling. Um, you know, uh, it answers maybe some you know, sort of <clears throat> esoteric uh, question as to kind of why are we here. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you get that alignment between what the company's objectives are and what the employee and the customers and the suppliers and every one of the stakeholders believes is important, um, you really transform those people into advocates. So employee engagement scores, which... You know, Gallup estimates uh, that average employee engagement is, is as low as 30% um, in the U.S. Um, so only 30% of the time people are engaged in what they're doing. So obviously if you can move that north, um, then, you know, employees almost become missionaries and execute at a higher level. Um, hey, hey, Bill, let me ask you a question. I, I, how, how, do you, how do you find a... Or articulate a greater purpose. I mean, it's you know you you see, you see what John Mackey's done, you see what Southwest has done, and it just seems so overwhelming. How do you how do you do it? Well, um, there are a lot of ways. One um, one process uh, that works um, is that the business leader convenes um, his key managers and. Um, engages in some sort of uh, appreciative inquiry, some sort of discovery process, trying to really understand what the essence of the business is. So you can ask a whole host of questions to get the discussion going, like, you know, who would miss our business if it didn't exist? Um, and why would those parties have a problem if the company didn't exist? You know, what are the best elements or attributes of our business? Uh, what are we as the managers and the employees most proud of, of our company? You know, and 
what do our suppliers and our customers love about us? So asking these sort of questions and um, uh, curating a discussion around those um, leading to the creation of a sort of one phrase um, or one sentence statement that captures this larger societal benefit. Um, I can give you an example. Uh, We're involved with a company that is in the electronic manufacturing services business. So they produce millions of parts and are measured by having low cost and um, error rates that are measured in the parts per millions. So the average person on the on the floor, you know, is is not necessarily, you know, um, empowered by those kinds of business metrics. But so if you can make it real to them um, and help them to understand what it is they're really doing in the in the larger world, and the reality is that these parts end up in aerospace and defense and and medical equipment. So. Uh, we're kicking around a purpose statement that says, you know, um, our products fly our families, defend our borders, and create a healthier and longer life. Now, you know, you play with those words. Those aren't the exact words, but um, it, now you've got something where the employee says, wow, I get it, you know? Um, yeah. What I do is impactful. It's meaningful. And um, how bad would I feel if uh, if there was um, an airliner accident that uh, felt you know something didn't didn't go right because of a part we made? So <clears throat> you create this draft purpose statement that is short and succinct and kind of captures what it is you're doing at a very large level. Um, and you distribute it out as a draft to a larger group of people, um, key people, not just managers. Um, it's usually, you know, suggested it's a cross-section of people from the company. And they go through the same process. They review your notes. Um, they've got your draft. Um, they kick it around. Um, they get their own buy-in by going through a similar process. Um, and what results out of that? becomes your purpose statement and you um i like to say you you know you chisel it in stone and then um you know immediately order new tablets uh but you disseminate it um you boil it into you know all aspects of of what you're doing in terms of employee uh recruitment um reviews um you know your marketing pieces etc and you live with it, uh, reviewing it from time to time as you uh, might deem it necessary to change. Um, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a process that uh, gets refined with time. Hey, Bill, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. Uh, but when we get back on our next segment, I do want to explore a little bit more about, you know, executing the strategy with as you're kind of going down this path of giving 
our listeners some idea of how you actually do it is is continue to go down that path and getting you know the buy-in and actually you know getting the organization to to rally around it but with that we're going to take another brief break and be back shortly with our guest bill vogelsong managing director uh, and co-founder of of candlewood partners to continue talking about uh conscious capitalism thanks for tuning in to the second stage business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network this is davis love the third Ryder cup captain and team mcgladry member mcgladry is about building relationships that's the kind of team i want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business the same attributes i look for and the partners i choose it's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience. We're back here with our guest, Bill Vogelsong, the uh, managing director and co-founder of Candlewood Partners and our important topic of conscious capitalism. Uh, Bill, when we kind of uh, segued out of the last segment, you were really starting to talk a, more about the um, you know the implementation of of these principles within our uh, in within the organization. I just wanted you to continue down that that line of thinking, if you would. Sure, sure. Well, I think the purpose statement, in my view, is sort of foundational. Um, once you have your head around uh, um, a phrase that you think describes what it is that motivates you about your business and motivates your people about your business, you'll probably find that it's also motivating um, to your customers, etc. Um, you know, one of the things that um, I think is, uh, as, as we have talked uh, privately, um, key to business success is having a set of core values and the whole concept of culture. Um, you know, we think that these, that the 
key element of these conscious businesses is that they all have a unique culture, and it's uh, your your competitors can copy your product, but it's very difficult to copy your culture, and so it's a real differentiator. Um, Peter Drucker uh, was quoted as saying that you know culture eats strategy for breakfast. So um, I think thinking about the type of culture. Uh, that you want to create um, is really uh, um, a, a core element. And how do you go about creating the culture you want? It's um, because it uh, could be a daunting challenge. Um, what a lot of the experts uh, suggest you do is that you find the one sort of burning issue of the business, the one problem that's keeping you up at night. And you think about how you could create some metrics to monitor whether that issue is being addressed or um, is getting better, something that could be measured maybe daily or monthly, however the reporting would be appropriate for that issue. And you kind of let a culture change process evolve around fixing that one element. So... um, a friend of mine, uh, Roger Salant, who's the executive director of the Fowler Center for Sustainable Value and was formerly or is a retired VP at Ford and was one of their turnaround guys, um, you know, he tells the story of, of, of taking over a plant, finding um, what the key issue was, and in the one in particular, um, it was a rejection rate. They were way too high, and they also wanted to focus on safety. So they created a, two metrics, one that monitored daily and the rejection rates that they had, and the other was sort of a lost days test. And he told the plant management that he wanted everyone in the plant to know those two metrics every day. Um, and so a month later, he called, got the plant manager's secretary, and she was about to patch him through before uh, he stopped her and said, uh, give me the two metrics. And she, of course, didn't even know what they were. And so the, there was a conversation with the plant manager who, who fixed that problem thereafter. But um, once you have those, those items that you want to fix in mind, um, you can go through a couple of uh, or a number of different ways of assessing where you are in your culture. Um, we're familiar with the Barrett Value Center culture transformation tool. Um, that's what uh, we have used, but there are many of those. They are essentially a metric for measuring the culture you have today and the culture you would like to have in the future. Um, hmm. And, and then managing that gap and saying, okay, if, if this is where we are um, and we want to have this culture, um, what are the things we need to do? And having those discussions that then lead to the creation of some core values. I think, I think you um, have used a similar process with some of your portfolio companies uh, to great success. <laughs> 
you know, and Bill, you know, what's what's I have a question for you. When you're when you when when a, when a small company in particular kind of starts heading down this path of establishing a culture, and and, and they find this, you know, like in, in that case, this number of quality or returns. I suspect, and I guess this is my question: is how often does that then lead to something? Bigger or something more, you know, kind of exciting. Is it is it is it a function of getting started? You you, you kind of find your your first purpose or your first uh, you know kind of goal, and then it transforms from there. Or, or how do you see that moving from that first that that first target, if you will? Oh no, you're absolutely right. Now, for the most part, those problems are symptoms. Um, so your reject rate, uh, yes, it's a problem. Um, Lost days, work is a problem, but they are symptoms of usually much bigger problems and more um, uh, sort of amorphous issues like the way the company communicates internally. So if, if all of your departments are sort of independent silos and they're not talking um, across functions, aren't working as a team, then you're going to have a multitude of misfires that manifest themselves in these business failures. And so um, focusing on these a specific problem allows you to do a deep dive into what the real um, origins of the problem are and to then engage the whole organization, you know, starting with a, your core group and moving it to um, all of the employees as, as, as it goes in sort of an iterative process of saying, okay, well, um, if we have silo mentality, what are we going to do to um, communicate broadly and openly? And I, um, I, it's, I, I laugh here, and Jeff and I are kind of chuckling back and forth. Um, you know, we, we call that the evolution of evolution, and we talk about how when we first you, know, you get in business and you want to find you know great companies to partner with, and then you start coming up with you know wait you know like you said that one thing that keeps you awake at night, and then and then you you, you know you kind of find you kind of figure that piece out, and then you kind of go on to the next thing. It really is. Um, you know, if your if if your culture is to embrace that stuff, it really is a lot of fun, and it really does change. It really makes it so much more fun. And and I agree. You know, we uh, anyways. Actually, I'd be, I wrote down the Fowler Center uh, for for sustainable business, or and then the the Barrett Value Center or whatever. And I I probably butchered those, but uh, would love to you know follow up and find out more about those as well because it sounds like uh, sounds like some great resources. The um, when 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 you guys kind of launch forward and start changing the cultures and so forth, um, you know, I, I guess Jeff's in my experience is it's just it's a function of just getting started. Maybe talk a little bit about you know it's it's it, it, you know how that first step is so important. Um, just you know finding something to bre- to grab onto. No, it is. I guess um, you know it's a. I have a friend of mine who's in. Terrific shape, and he says the hardest part about working is that me, Bill? Your shorts on. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yes, Bill, it is. is. Me? <laughs> it could be both of you. It certainly is yeah. not me. Okay, just all right. Just was wondering <laughs> but, who that uh, might be. Just just getting started is the key, um, and it's really about having a conversation um, around how the business is functioning um, and what can be done to improve it. You know, we like these um, assessment tools because it's a way to take something that is um, sort of ethereal and make it concrete, you know, and it's the one that we use is um, ask 
three questions of every employee, and it does it anonymously in an online survey. Um, and it says, "What are there's 120 some uh, words? Choose the 10 that that most uh, represent your personal values." And then there's a similar set of words, and they ask you to find those that most um, accurately. Uh, describe the current company values. Um, And then you go through the same list and say, what are the 10 most desirable values? You know, if the company were operating the way I would really like them, um, what what would be those values? And so you begin to get a view of who the people are that work for you, um, how they perceive the values of the company as the company, you know, honest, uh, is it competitive, is it, is it, um, does it have high integrity, et cetera, uh, against what vision they have. And so that gap uh, between where you are and where your employees want you to be um, is, is, is fuel for a discussion. Um, and of course, then you have your own views or your key people's views as to the um, what the business needs to be, and all of that um, engenders a, a conversation out of which you can develop these core values and then um, imbue everything you do with those values, whether it's um, employee reviews, whether it's the hiring process, um, yeah. et cetera. Hey, Bill, I, I was impressed when uh, I attended an event where, you, where uh, your, you know, your group was talking about kind of bringing this uh, focus of this conscious uh, sustainable capital to Northeast Ohio. And, and although uh, in my standard mode, I, I you know, we're, we're down to probably about a minute and a half or so. Maybe, you know, how did how did you think about about bringing it to Northeast Ohio? And, and maybe uh, you know, kind of quickly, ha- how do you roll it out? And, how, and, and obviously, your hopes and uh, your hopes of what happens as as uh, as if if uh, if you guys are successful, right. when you're well, successful, I think the evidence out there um, as to how companies are are transformed through the adoption of core values and and living to these core values uh, and the business execution is is just overpowering. And so, you know, from our vantage point, um, we thought this is. One of the things that can, you know, knock the rust off of the rust belt, and um, our our vision, our goal is is to really have Northeastern Ohio be known as the purpose capital, um, you know, of the country, where uh, you know we have companies where employees love working there, suppliers love doing business with them, customers wouldn't change. Uh, and we think that 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 will just um, be the rising tide that lifts all ships. Uh, we believe it's good business, and uh, we believe it's the the way to create tremendous value. And of course, you know our business is all about helping our clients create value and realizing that value. Well, Bill, that that's been this is you know right. I think as 
people were listening to us in the first segment of the show, this is near and dear to our heart, and we're glad that you're taking the lead on this in this region, and, and we are fully supportive of, of what you're doing. We think this is terrific stuff. And certainly things that uh, small business owners ought to think about because they, the tangible results are in uh, are truly uh, evident uh, when you look at the returns and and uh, and that people want to work with these organizations. So we appreciate you being a guest on the second stage, and uh, maybe we'll have an opportunity to have you on the show again when you can tell us all about all the success you've had. Uh, With that, we are going to uh, take another break here at the second stage, and when we get back, we'll share some concluding thoughts about today's topic on conscious capitalism. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. Inside Healthcare is the only radio program focused solely on the healthcare industry. We bring together new and experienced entrepreneurs and industry veterans from throughout the country who are changing the dynamic on how healthcare is delivered today. Join us as we ask the tough questions, explore current topics, and discuss the new partners and models in healthcare that successfully address the needs of population health across the country. Listen Mondays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show. This is Jeff Cadlick and my partner, uh, Brendan Anderson. This is the second stage, a show about small business best practices. And, you know, I was thinking when we were talking to Bill, we have probably uh, had this same theme running through uh, a lot of our shows and what is successful uh, and what what really small business owners ought to take uh, note of is these core values and and this conscious capital, it all runs together, and it's really about that alignment and getting people to buy into what the organization is doing, not just focused on their paycheck. 
Yeah, and I, and I think it's it's overwhelming. I mean, obviously, we bring it up, and as you know, I, I spent years, uh, years and years and years looking at this from the outside, kind of trying to wondering wonder how do you get started, and, and it really is a, a function. And I know this is a common theme, also, is that we just get started. You got to find some some simple rallying cry to start moving the organization forward. And Jeff, it makes me uh, smile, and actually, quite frankly, it's it's you know, I see Jeff smiling. Um, it makes me smile to think about how. Our focus uh, has changed from you know finding good people to partner with to now how we can more specifically add value and and so you, know, you think about our quarterly rocks or our annual go- our annual kind of uh, goals and how and how we now specifically focus on how we can help companies with their you know deliver great financial statements and dashboards how how we can help companies with their online presence and it's 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 so much more you know it's 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 the evolution of evolution how we've been able to kind of really advance that ball and it's really exciting to think about what it possibly could look like 2 3 4 years from now and the the ways that we can you know, continue the evolution of evolution I'll just keep talking. I like to say that, Jeff, as you know, evolution of evolution. <laughs> I know you do. Let's say that five times fast. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and Bill did mention on the show a couple key players in this movement. Uh, Raj Sisodia was one. Uh, he is now a marketing professor at Babson College in Boston, uh, and he wrote a book with John Mackey of Whole Foods. Uh, titled Firms of Endearment. Well, the first book was by Raj called Firms of Endearment, which is one that was mentioned. And there was a sequel that he wrote with John Mackey of Whole Foods, or Raj Sisodia wrote a sequel of his book with John Mackey of Whole Foods called Conscious Capitalism, Liberating the Heroic Spirit of Business. Uh, so that's uh, outside resources that our uh, listeners should should delve into. And you can certainly uh, reach out to Bill directly uh, at uh, WWV, as in Victor, at CandlewoodPartners.com. And uh, his organization, Candlewood Partners, uh, and then you know EvolutionCP.com. We'd certainly love to have people blog uh, uh, about what they've done in their organizations and their successes or challenges at implementing a lot of this within their organizations. It's uh, you know all I can say is there is the common theme. We we obviously believe in it. We know it works. Um, and in um, you got to start small. You got to start doing it. You got to start, you know, this blocking and tackling piece. And eventually, it frees up your time. It aligns your people, and it lets you start working on your business instead of in your business. And it's, uh, um, and it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over, uh, you know, years of focus on this, on this. But it does, it does always work once you kind of implement all of the the pieces and parts to it. I know you find that hard to believe, Jeff, that I would say such a thing. <laughs> but, but it, no, I mean, at least you're consistent. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm, if I say it enough, I'll, you know, I'll get everybody to believe it. That's uh, that's uh, partially true. Partially true. Um, I, I think what's so. I think I think what's neat about it, though, Jeff, is that you know whether you talk about EOS or you talk about. Um, you know the Orange Revolution, a book that I one of my EOers has uh, suggested I read. That the themes are always the same, right? The themes are are that 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 the entrepreneur has got all this stuff up in their minds, and if they're on that treadmill and they don't have a process to to disseminate that information, that goal, that vision, that what are we really doing this for? It it gets it stays in their mind, right? And the people don't. Although the entrepreneur feels like they're they're communicating this, it just doesn't happen. That's right. 
That is so. exactly right. And 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 again, for those people that are looking for that last piece of data, uh, it is in fact uh, it del it, it, it borne out in the returns that you'll see for uh, you know some of the best companies in the world uh, outperform by a magnitude of at least four times uh, the the averages uh, in the public equity markets. And I think that, uh, again, when you have that alignment and everyone's on the same page and they are uh, working towards a higher cause, then uh, you're going to get a, uh, a better reaction. So with that, we are going to um, – um, we're going to end the show, the second stage, at least this week's show, and we hope you've enjoyed it. It's always enlightening talking to people like Bill and uh, and our other guests, and uh, hopefully you'll continue to listen to our show every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. P- 2 p.m. Pacific. And Passion we for possibilities. Passion ah, for possibilities. Passion for possibilities. Think about what your business could be, and uh, again – passion for possibilities. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel and have a successful week. 